Have you ever thought about how small to medium-sized for-profits engage in market to their communities? It's probably very similar to how small to medium-sized nonprofits need to market and engage their communities. And so today, I want to do something a little different and take a step outside of the nonprofit industry and look at a different industry on Small Shop Fundraising today. We're going to be speaking with Neil Methweg, who is a very successful real estate coach out of Wisconsin and is also a very successful real estate broker himself. And he's going to talk about how he has used in-person as well as online groups to create community engagement, how he has cultivated those lists, and how he's been able to create real relationships through those meetups and more. So stay tuned and thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Small Shop Fundraising. I'm your host, Liz Hack. Today we're with Neil Methweg. He is the creator and host of the I Love Medicine podcast, and we're going to ask him about that later. He's also a real estate agent and coach, and he's also a wonderful national speaker and has spoken on topics like how to brand yourself and how to build your own media company. Uh, Neil, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. So, Neil, tell us about your podcast. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so in in Madison, we have a show called the I Love Madison Show, and it was all about uh, one of the things that I believe in, in in being a real estate agent is being a media company that happens to sell real estate, and and so what we wanted to create was an ecosystem, and I'll get into all of that in a little bit here but an ecosystem to bring people together. The original mission was when we when we meet with uh, somebody that's new to town, one of the things that we hear is it's hard to get connected. And I know military families struggle with this all of the time of just getting connected into that town. So I wanted to create uh, a podcast that would help them and also create meetups and other social media things that we've done uh, to bring people together um, all into to one ecosystem. Um, so we call that I Love Madison. And uh, and then I've also got another podcast that I do called Agent Rise, and that is for real estate agents. That's very, yeah, that's really cool. I've listened yeah. to both of those podcasts. Yeah. And I'm sure my listeners are wondering, why the heck do I have a real estate agent on a nonprofit podcast? And I wanted us to talk about, since we've I've listened to you to speak uh, about how real estate agents and how you coach your agents to market themselves as if they were a, a, a large media company, right? And so um, I think those same similar topics that you teach in real estate can carry over to different industries, just like uh, nonprofits, especially small to medium-sized nonprofits. And so I I wanted you to take some time to talk with our listeners about what you may do for your agents and see if there's ways that we can transfer those over to other industries like nonprofit communities. Mm -hmm. And especially in this time of a pandemic where we're all kind of 
still quarantining. We're still a little unsure of gatherings, meetups, events, and we're all still transferring over to virtual events and Zoom meetings. So can we talk, can you talk through some ideas of what nonprofits can focus on as far as marketing and still getting their message out in this uncertain time? Yeah, I think I think if we look at what we've what we we call ecosystems. So what what a real simple ecosystem is using media to drive to events and events driving to a list and then that list then goes back to the media and back to our events and it goes around and around in a circle and in the middle of that ecosystem is relationships and if you think about a radio station uh we all we all have listened to the radio and we all under uh seen radio stations operate um, they have their morning show, which is their main media. Uh, that's the most listened to show. And then their, their, their media is then driving traffic to social media. They're always saying, hey, we asked this question on our, on our social media site or on, our, on Facebook. Make sure you go there and leave your comment, right? They're always using the show to drive traffic to social media. Then they have their events, their concerts or whatever it might be, and they're giving away tickets to that event. They're, they're promoting the events like crazy. And then from those events, they're creating lists. Um, they'll say things like, uh, make sure you text in um, to see this. And they're always trying to create a list. And then that list then helps them promote everything else that they're promoting. So again, you envision this circle of morning show to social media, to events, to the lists. And in the middle of all of that is sponsorships and ad sales for the radio station. And in the middle of our ecosystem or for a nonprofit would be donors. And, um, and I think, I think a lot of us um, understand that, uh, like the, the concept of it. Um, and right now, in times that we're in right now, like what do we do that in, instead of bringing people together? Um, really the only thing in the, in the basic ecosystem that changes is the events. And so the events, which are a huge draw for, uh, for us as, as nonprofits. And so that, like, what do we do with that piece? And we've got to make our events virtually right now um, and, and bringing people together. Um, one of the things that helps us bring people together is giving a place for the community to hang out, and that is inside Facebook groups. Uh, and then inside Facebook groups, we can be doing other events that, that you know, kind of take the place of the live events. So, and to just probe just a little bit deeper into that, you prefer Facebook groups over Facebook pages, because I know there's a lot of nonprofits that have pages instead of groups. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah, I, I think they both have their own, they both have their part. Uh, Facebook page is going to be great for for marketing purposes and running facebook ads if you have the budget to do so uh also the the group is an invite in right so the page all the content on the page is already out there um, but the the content for the group um, is with inside the group. So one of the things that we like to do is we run an event inside of our group and we promote the event outside of the group to get people to not only come to the event, but to also join our group. 
And so there's a lot of power in having groups. Plus, when you post inside of a group, you don't need to boost it. If people are active in the group, they will see every post. So there's a lot of uh, organic reach that happens inside the group. So how would one get started? If, if we're, I'm starting from scratch, I am one person, um, I, I would probably maybe ask a volunteer or ask someone who has got a little bit of time on their hands um, as we kind of start to open up and, and ask them to do what? Yeah, so I think, I think you want to look at the, at the full ecosystem and look at how you can generate leads into the ecosystem or get people to join uh, your Facebook group. Um, and in some of it is 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 uh, just just organic posts, just just native posts uh, to drive interest into joining the group, and then giving them content that they want inside the group. Another direction to go is let me let me just explain a little bit more about what the Isle of Madison ecosystem looks like, huh? um, so that you can get more of a community sense. I'm trying to. There's so many ecosystems that I could talk about, but almost all of them have to do with real estate. Yeah. The one that doesn't is the community ecosystem. So let me try to explain this. It's so hard to do it without visuals, but um, I'm going to do my best here. So one of the 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 parts that we have of the Isle of Madison ecosystem is we do an I Love Madison meetup. All right. And so at the meetup, we have content that is that is leading up to the meetup. And the meetup itself draws people in because the meetup has one of the things that we say is that it has no agenda, that it is it is it's just cool people that love Madison hanging out. And then we document, so we're running posts before the meetup, we're then documenting the meetup and showing how fun it is. Then we're doing a group photo of everybody that, that was at the meetup, and then we're posting that to, uh, to, to, and tagging everybody that was at the meetup. So those posts are all doing really well. Then we create a vlog that documented the meetup, and then we're posting that. So the next time the next meetup comes around, we are we are promoting it and people want to be there. And so what I've done now, if it's called the Isle of Madison meetup, right? It's it's all about people that love Madison getting together with no agenda, just cool people hanging out. And if it was called Neil Mathwig's meetup or or the real estate team's meetup, right? Mm -hmm. uh, nobody would come to it, but it's all people that love Madison. So we have to keep our, and we have, when, when we do these meetups, we have nonprofits that join us for it. But if you were a nonprofit to start one of these, yeah. you just have to keep your name off of it. Um, and one of the things that we always say is that we have to, the, the consumers are just, it's called the cheese and whiskers concept. And we have to give consumers cheese and not whiskers, okay? So consumers are just like mice. They do one of two things all day. They either look for cheese or they look for whiskers. And we have to give them cheese. And as soon as the whiskers come out, then we, we the, the, the meetup kind of loses its sizzle. And I proved that to be true when I ran for man of the year for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. And I turned one of the I Love Madison meetups into a fundraiser for the for this uh for for my campaign and my attendance for my i love madison meetups were always right around 100 to 125 people would come to each meetup 
As soon as we turned it into a campaign, my that that night we had about fifty people show wow. up. Wow. <laughs> and and it and it and it just it was because I had too much whiskers. Mm-hmm. If I would have told if I would have just treated it as a normal meetup and then when everybody got there, there was a raffle set up and there was a, a additional talk going about raising money we would we would have been totally fine. <laughs> we would have had everybody there and it would have been a better event. So if you start a meetup like this, you have to you have to invite people in and leave the agenda out of it and just get people together. Mm-hmm. Um, another piece of the I Love Madison meetup or I Love Madison ecosystem is we do what's called the I Love Madison food tournament. And this is where we take one item, let's just say cheeseburgers, for example. We ask a question, who has Madison's best cheeseburgers? It does extremely well on social media. Everybody cannot resist to give their comment of who has Madison's best cheeseburgers or any food type. And then we bring it all the way down. We have three, uh, four rounds of voting you know we start out with the top 10 then we bring it four then we bring it down to the final two we load a bus full of judges and we go to each restaurant and taste each burger and then go back and spot or and our sponsor metcalf's sponsors it all and we go back to their location and we cast our vote and then we put a video out and we get a, an amazing video view um also every time somebody votes we ask them if they want to be added to our mailing list to find out who won and and we get about 70% of the people to say yes they want to be added to it so we're growing a list and and we're using cheeseburgers not real estate we're using cheeseburgers to grow our list and so again we're removing the che- we're giving them cheese and not whiskers uh, but we're using that to grow our list. And then that list is who we mail to or email to when we have our next meetup. So it, it increases our meetup attendance. Um, and again, we're, it's all part of that ecosystem. Your ecosystem, yeah. And, and yeah. those are very similar tactics that, that fundraisers and other nonprofits use in order to develop their their lists, their donor lists, their potential donor lists, their, their audience I usually call them their environments, you know, yeah. their stratospheres. And a lot of those techniques for the events that uh, are friend raisers versus fundraisers are very helpful for for nonprofits. But now everyone right now, you know, especially in, in my state right now, Neil, where uh, our governor is opening things up in Kentucky, and uh, most things are at a 33% open right that's as many people can come in to mm-hmm. a one particular place yes. um so it's really difficult to have you know a, a big impact so people are really f- still focusing on what their technology needs are and what their online assets can be or what their groups can look like but what have you seen or how have you done your events your meetups mm-hmm. to where they're we, now we, an online so you're still yeah. cultivating and you're still building those relationships. And the same with your ecosystem. Fundraisers use a, a cyclical uh, process as well for donor attraction and then don- donor retention and stewardship in order to, to keep and cultivate that donor, that audience member. How do you do that online? How have you done it yeah. online? I think I think a couple ideas that we did in, the, in the pivoting it with all of this is, is uh, trivia nights. Uh, just doing an online trivia night. 
uh, we found a, a company here in Madison that does trivia within, you know, within restaurants and stuff. And they just took their business online. And so for a hundred dollars, we could hire them to do a trivia night. They would run it all. We just had to bring people to the night uh, or to the event and, and they would, they would host it. Uh, so trivia night was one of them on online talent show uh, is another one. Uh, really any type of event that you're running right now, just think outside the box and think about how can we do this virtually? And I mean, we're, we're being challenged with all kinds of things in real estate, such as open houses, where mm -hmm. we're doing virtual open houses, right? So just think outside the box and think about virtually technology is there. We've got Zoom, we've got uh, Live, we've got all different kinds of platforms that we can do and use virtually and then broadcast live into Facebook and make it a, an event on Facebook. How do you think um, a, a nonprofit's website attaches itself is is this an asset sh that should also be shined up a little bit or or pumped up as we and not just the facebook or other social platforms how does that play into it in your mind mm -hmm. so i um I, I mean the the a website i always look at a website as as the landing spot right that's the that's what houses the content that you're using um and i want to think about social media as social engagement. And I want to think about my website as searchable, right? And so what's on what's on Facebook is is all about getting engagement or any social media. It's about getting engagement. And I want to create engagement when it comes to what my Facebook page is generating. And when I'm blogging and when I'm using my website, I want to think about searchable. What are people searching for and how can I stand in front of them um, when they're searching for something or how can I be the article that they read? And I, I think about nonprofits, websites, and I think I'm going there um, as a donor and I'm going there. I think I'm being prompted to go there before I'm, I'm just searching and going there, right? So this is like a whole new world to me to think about like what would a website do for a nonprofit and how important is it? I have to think that through. <laughs> Sorry, um, well, I guess I stumped you on that one. Um. You did, you did. I'm like, I'm like thinking, like, how many times have I searched for a nonprofit website? Never. Like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> and that's where I think that that the the relevancy of how that nonprofit is 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 involved in my life is how I pay attention to it. Yeah. Right. And I like, think that that says a lot for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you got me there. That one, I, I tried to fake my way through it, but I <laughs> come down to it. I don't really know if I know the exact answer. <laughs> well, I think, I think, like I said, that says a lot about you don't typically search for nonprofits, even though you are a part of the nonprofit landscape as a donor or as a volunteer, but you still are on maybe Facebook or other social platforms engaging with them there like you do everything else potentially. Right. Right, right. Yeah, I would just be aiming for mindshare, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it, I, I, and I think in that mindshare space, I would be, I would be trying to get as much mindshare as I could on social media because that's where I can, I can stand in that gap, right, where right. they're scrolling, and if I've got a compelling story that that interests them, and I get them to slow down for three minutes to watch my story, I, I think I've won. 
And I continue to do that in a mindshare capacity. I think, you know, and I think about even like email campaigns and things like that. I don't, I, I'm on a couple different nonprofit email campaigns. I don't read their emails. Mm. I, I, I think I'm more apt to slow down if I were to see a good video, if I were to see a good compelling story that caused some sort of an emotion. And I think that, you know, either it's happiness or sadness or whatever type of emotion it right. is, but it creates an emotion. That's what kind of gets me thinking about them. Right, right. And so that kind of leads me into the, the last part of my time with you here. I have a few common questions that I've started asking my guests. And one of them is for the small to medium sized nonprofit, what would be a resource that you like to use that you can share with our audience? An online resource or, you know, maybe some place to go make those videos or run that ad? Any favorites? Yeah, I think I, I really like uh, for editing purposes, for video editing purposes, they, they've really done a good job. It's called WeVideo. And what I like about WeVideo is, is it, I, I use Final Cut Pro to edit all of my videos. It's $300. You have to have an iMac or an, uh, an Apple computer. And it's, it's a great software. I think that WeVideo has done a great job of putting something similar to, to um, Final Cut Pro or to Adobe in a website. Um, and it's it's a smaller fee per month, $15 a month, I think it is. And it allows you, it gives you a whole suite and ability to be able to edit videos. And I really like that one. That's a great resource for sure. And my other question, if there's one thing that a person's going to take away from this podcast about marketing themselves or the nonprofit, what one piece of advice would you like them to walk away with? Yeah, I think, I think it is... Think outside the box of what you're marketing. We have to do it as real estate agents all the time because people are not as interested in real estate as as we think they are. And, and what? And we, yeah, right. I don't understand. <laughs> Come on, that. Who doesn't want to hear about an absorption <laughs> rate, right? Or where the days on the market is? I don't get it. Um, I don't but, understand that. <laughs> right. Um, but what we've what we've learned is we have to play to the interest. Uh, we know that food interest people. We know that community events such as like concerts interest people. We know that meetups interest people, right? And so we've we've learned that we have to create our social media plan around those things to get people's interest, to get people to engage. And I think I think we get stuck in marketing what our nonprofit is about and what we care about and we think that others should care about it as well Mm -hmm. and so we just constantly push it at them until we get them to break and i think if we were to use other things that people are interested in to get engagement going and then that engagement then helps us fill up our events and then that events start filling up our lists um, and I think that if we if this continue to stay what interests them, even though it doesn't like cheeseburgers has nothing to do with real estate, but it but it's what they're interested in. And so I think if you can hit the mark in that direction and get off of the content that that get away from that content that is all about your nonprofit and get to content that people appreciate and people want to talk about and stay relevant with, uh, I think you begin to hit the mark that way. That's really great advice and i really love to hear it from someone else's perspective outside of the nonprofit industry because we do talk about it is not about the nonprofit 
It is about the donor and the passions that they're trying to meet through that nonprofit. And to hear it in a different light or a different angle perspective, hopefully will resonate with people as every single time they put push the post button or publish button or that online push notification out to their constituencies online. And I think that's it's really great, great advice. Thank you so much for that. Awesome. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you on the show today. Thank you so much again for taking the time. And uh, just just so people know, Neil and I know each other because he has been um, a speaker a few times on a national conference that I co-host with my husband, Scott Hack, and it's called Real Estate Distilled. And it was, I don't know, was it your last live presentation that you did before the um, the shut like the U.S. shutdown. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we were able to sneak that one in in 2020. So right, yes, yes. Again, thank you so much for your time today, Neil. This has been Small Shop Fundraising, and I'm your host, Liz Hack.